Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. Today we're talking Lake Erie with Travis Hartman. Travis is the Lake Erie's Fisheries Program Administrator with the Ohio DNR. Travis, thanks for joining the show. Well, thanks for having me, Chris. I'm really excited to talk about Lake Erie walleye fishing. It's, it's pretty amazing right now. Yeah, you're focused on Lake Erie. The lake is experiencing an incredible walleye boom. Tell us just a little bit, kind of give us an overview of what's happening there with walleyes. Obviously, Lake Erie has, uh, over time, earned the, the title of walleye capital of the world. And, you know, like any other really large system, uh, we have, you know, different year class strengths and, and environmental variables really impact how many walleye we have. So if you go back to the 70s and 80s, we were coming out of some really tough environmental times and we had a walleye boom. If you talk to anyone that's fished on Lake Erie over the last three or four decades, you know, lake, the lake was incredible in the 80s. We had a lot of casting for walleye and, and Lake Erie really earned its title back in the 80s. We went through some tough years. The 90s uh, didn't produce as many fish and in, into the early 2000s, the lake changed and it was still great walleye fishing and, and we had seasonal opportunities and we had great trophy fishing, but we didn't have the numbers. And recently we've gotten hatches that are just really hard to, to put into context in, in a historical context. You know, we, we're seeing hatches every year Six of the last seven years, we've had hatches that are above the long-term median. And then in 2018 and 19, we've got two of the biggest hatches we've ever seen. So even on a Lake Erie scale, we're seeing recruitment and uh, production that's it's really unrivaled. We're seeing angler catch rates that are just going through the roof. And it's really an exciting time because you can always count on coming to Lake Erie and catching walleye. And you know, in, in a normal year, limits aren't a big deal. You can normally count on having the opportunity to catch your limit. But right now we're seeing fishing that's just unmatched even in Lake Erie's history. So we're, we're pretty excited up here. What's behind those giant hatches? Why is this happening? Um, as, as someone who works with the fisheries all the time, what can you look at and say, all right, this is why we're seeing what we're seeing? There are a handful of environmental variables that, that play into that. You know, on such a large water body, we're, we're impacted by, by weather and wind and warming rates and, and winter severity. So, you know, you could really pick apart a lot of individual variables, but a, a few things rise to the top. And one of those is hard winters. You know, when we got to 2014 and 15 hatches, we had really hard winters that preceded those springs. And it kind of matched the historical profile of when you get hard ice, when you get a, a late ice breakup and, and delayed spawning in the spring, you see the uh, good opportunity for big year classes. And that was the case in 14 and 15. You look at the recent hatches and obviously, you know, here in Ohio, we didn't get the hard winter. You know, that, that didn't fit the historical uh, pattern of hard winters leading to big hatches. But what we do have right now is extremely high water. And if you look back at the 80s, on, on top of heavy winters that, that led to good hatches, we also had very high water in the 80s. And we're right back in that, that same mold right now. We have record high water levels. And despite the fact that we're not getting hard winters recently, 
at high water seems to be trumping everything. And within that, there are some you know potential variables that are helping the hatch might. I'm imagining that current dynamics are bringing more of the larvae inshore, so they end up in warm, productive, you know, really nice uh, habitat, um, nursery habitat for for good growth. So I, at the end of the day, you know, we have plenty of eggs every year. How many of those larvae survive dictates our year class strength. And we're in a period where lots of those larvae are surviving and we're at a walleye population estimate of over a hundred million fish. I don't know about you, but that, that's kind of hard for me to visualize even being a Lake Erie guy. I don't know what a hundred million fish looks like if you put them in a pile, but we have a lot of them right now. Yeah, that sounds like a really big pile. How do you go about figuring that number out? I mean, obviously you can't go and count every fish in the lake. Um, they're always moving around. How do you guys come up with that number? We're really fortunate. You know, Lake Erie is a, a unique challenge because we have five jurisdictions. We have four states and the province of Ontario. And without collaboration, you know, each of us managing our own waters kind of in a vacuum just wouldn't work. These walleye move a lot. You referenced that, you know, they're very migratory during the summer. And if we didn't all work together and, and manage for a similar goal, we wouldn't be as successful as we have been. But the reality is we all do surveys in our own waters. We all do uh, trawls, which are, you know, basically we go out with our research vessels. We, we tow a net on the bottom of the lake at, at lots of sites every year. And we look at the catches of those young fish, the, the young of year newly hatched walleye. And we can use those trawl surveys to predict how many will come into the fishery when they're two years old and hit legal size. But beyond that, we also do adult surveys with gill nets. Uh, we do very intensive surveys of our fisheries. So obviously here in Ohio, we have a huge sport fishery for walleye and we survey that routinely. And up in Ontario, they have a gill net fishery, a commercial fishery, and, and they intensively sample that. So we get lots of information from harvested fish. We go out independently and, and survey young fish, and it all comes together through a modeling process. So every year we predict how many walleye they are, there are, and we set safe harvest levels based on that prediction. That was a question that I had for you for later in the interview, but you know, Lake Erie is bordered by these states and the province of Ontario, lots of different stakeholders, lots of different people who want different things. How do you as a group sit down and try to build a plan that's best for everyone and not just the individuals? You know, it really is a, a very unique scenario in the sense that there isn't uh, a law that dictates that we quote unquote must manage together. We've all come together through the Great Lakes Fishery Commission. There's a document called the Joint Strategic Plan that all the individual agencies have agreed to. And at the end of the day, it's, it's a gentleman's agreement. So we, we come together and, and we use the best scientific information to do the modeling work. You know, the, the model prediction is kind of the backbone of our management decisions. But you know, as we continually improve that process, we get better and better predictions of what the population is. And then as a Lake Erie committee, and that's, I'm the Ohio representative on the Lake Erie committee. Each of the five jurisdictions has one representative on the committee. We all sit down, we you know, take advice from our, our scientific staff and we use that modeling prediction and we decide it, it is a consensus. It's uh, not just 
three or four of the five that, you know, as a consensus, the five of us determine what we believe a safe harvest level is. And then it gets allocated to each jurisdiction. So each of us gets a portion of that safe harvest level and it gives us the individual flexibility to manage how we see fit within our jurisdiction, but we're meeting the, the lake-wide, uh, you know, the, the group agreed upon a safe harvest level. We're setting regulations that keep us within that annual safe harvest level. Yeah, fish move around on the lake. It's not like they're just, you know, your Ohio fish stay in Ohio and your New York fish stay in New York and your Ontario fish stay there. The fish are always moving around on Lake Erie. Can you talk a little bit about the migration pattern and kind of how fish move throughout the system? It's really interesting. And when you think about Lake Erie, you know, it's a big open system. We, we don't just have a large lake that walleye move around. They actually have the ability to completely leave the system. They can go up north through the Detroit River and head to Lake Huron. They can go into the Niagara River. Um, you know, there, there's a, a big uh, falls at the end of the Niagara River. They, they probably don't do much moving over that falls, but uh, it's, a, it's a large open system. And there's a long history of tagging projects. We used to exclusively use jaw tags. So we would, we would put tags on fish in known spawning locations. And then when they get recaptured by an angler or a commercial fisherman, we get a report of where that fish got harvested. And we started seeing that they use the entire system. And the, the basic migration pattern is lots of the fish come to the west in the spring. They, they spawn in western basin rivers and on the reefs out on the main lake in March and April. And then they spend the, the rest of the year migrating around the lake, you know, the, the big adult females, the, the mature fish, they really need to follow cool water. They prefer waters, water temperatures in the 60s, so a lot of them go east as it gets warmer. And then they follow around bait fish like smelt and gizzard shad. And in the fall, they start heading back to the island area in the western basin, and they get ready for the next uh, spawning season the following spring. And we've really learned a lot through uh, acoustic tagging. There's a, a new new group within the Great Lakes called GLaDOS, the Great Lakes Acoustic Telemetry Observation System. And basically we do surgical implants of acoustic tags. We have receivers all over Lake Erie and, and the connected Great Lakes, you know, up the Detroit Rivers Wired and Lake St. Clair and Lake Huron. We can put these acoustic tags in and we get real time or uh, we get uh, time stamped detections anytime those fish swim by a receiver. And it's just amazing to look at the annual migrations. We have literally millions, actually hundreds of millions of detections from uh, walleye and, and other species. And we can take a, a close look at migration and, and better understand how they utilize the whole system. Yeah, that's really cool. I've, I've heard about that and I want to get into that with a uh, couple other people with that, uh, with that whole setup. But uh, that is really cool and something that, that I mean, just the data that you'll get out of that has got to be incredible. Um, but one thing you said there was big mature females. You've got all these up and coming year classes. What is the size structure like out there on Lake Erie right now? I can tell you from firsthand experience, and you've probably heard this from a lot of anglers. Right now we have a whole lot of fish that are two to two to five pounds. And and that, that's great for filling a cooler, for catching a fast limit. And it's especially good for the Western Basin because those young fish that don't, that haven't hit that age where they migrate a lot, you know, they really drive the Western Basin catch rates. If, if we have a lot of young fish, uh, Western Basin fishing is really good all year. 
as those fish age, they start migrating. And, you know, right now our trophies are, are coming from uh, 12 to 17 years ago. The 2003 year class is a giant year class. And, you know, obviously at this point they're 17 years old and they're not nearly as abundant as they used to be, but relative to how many fish you expect to have that are in that age range, you know, we have a lot of them. So that there are great trophy opportunities right now. Those big 2003s are our 30 to 32 inch fish that are gonna give you a, a 10 to 14 pounder. The, the frustration for trophy hunters is right now they're kind of masked by all the young fish. So with all the 2014 and 2015 fish that are in that three to five pound range, uh, there's so many of them lake wide, it's kind of hard to, to pick out those those big ones that are amongst them, but, but they're there. and. I think as the temperature drops and, and they migrate more to the west again, you know, you're going to see these next two or three weeks some really good trophy fishing off of Vermilion, Huron, Lorraine, and, and even around the islands. How does the fishery now compared to the last walleye boom in the 1980s? What would that look like today compared to then? You know, it's a very different fishery. If, if you think about it, back in the 80s, uh, we had a lot of casting. Um, if you came to Lake Erie, you expected to tie on an Erie Deary and, and drift in the Western Basin and, and cast for walleye out in open water. And the, the fishery was incredible. The, the biggest difference was the amount of effort. Uh, believe it or not, as many people as there are filling the ramps right now, we actually had about three or four times the current effort level back in the 80s. So it, it really was the heydays. You know, you could Anecdotally, you could walk on boats from Putin Bay to, to Maumee Bay because there were so many packs of, of uh, boats out there drifting and casting. Fast forward to now, and you know we have a, a primarily a trolling fishery. Everyone's learned how to troll with planer boards. You know we have better electronics, we have better equipment, we have more knowledge, and it, it's interesting that you think back to the '80s and kind of see that as the the good old days and and really high catch rates and the catch rates were great. They were over a half a fish per hour, which in the, the walleye world is really unmatched anywhere else. But you look at our catch rates now and they're pushing a fish per hour. We're almost double the '80s catch rates. So it's uh, two very good fishing periods, but very different. You know, we had lots of anglers and, and lots of casting in the 80s, and now we have we have fewer anglers. We're about a, a third of the effort we were back then, but we're so much more efficient, and the catch rates are so much higher. We're, we're actually going to push those 80s harvest levels if effort increases much at all. At, at a fish per hour, it doesn't take much of an increase in effort to really increase harvest. After the walleye boom in the 1980s, populations dropped in the 90s. Is that something we can expect? Is it on the horizon? Is there a bust coming? Well, it, that's an interesting question. And I, I find myself often saying, you know, when we have fewer walleye than we do now, because obviously these things ebb and flow and, you know, with environmental conditions dictating uh, production, it, it stands to reason that we're not going to continue this extremely high level of production. Long-term weather patterns just don't let us have great hatches every single year. So yeah, I, I absolutely think walleye numbers are going to decrease. I mean, we're if you look at the 80s, that was a decade of consistently higher populations. Then when we got that 2003 year class, we in a short term we spiked the population again, but it fell off pretty quick after that year class. I think what what we're going to see now is much like the 80s. You're going to see an extended period of, of high abundance. You know, I. I 
I'm not sure if we're going to continue to get these hatches or not. Uh, common sense would say we aren't. So we have enough fish and enough year classes to maintain the fishing we have right now for, for literally the next decade. But over the next five or six years, the, the hatch size is going to dictate how long this lasts. You know, we're, we're already in a position where we're, we're going to have great fishing for a long time. And if you look forward five years or so, you can see a period of incredible trophy fishing. And we'll, as far as trophies, we'll be right back into the early to mid 90s when, when the 80s produced a, a lot of big fish a decade later. And, and we're going to see that again. We're going to see trophy fishing like you haven't seen since the 90s real soon. But uh, hatches over the, the next five years will determine how much longer it lasts. Travis, is there something that I didn't ask you that you really wanted to talk about today? I think we covered the, the major bases. You know, we're, I like to say on, on Lake Erie, you take advantage of what's good when it's good. And right now, you know, we're, we're truly in the new good old days of walleye fishing. If, if you're not familiar with Lake Erie, if you haven't made the time to, to come over to Lake Erie and, and catch some walleye, now's the time. Don't miss out on it. But it, you know, as things change, there'll be new opportunities. We have a lot of great smallmouth and largemouth bass fishing. Uh, we have some good yellow perch fishing at times. And you know, as as conditions change, as, and as different species see the same things down the road that we're seeing with walleye now, there, there's always something good to do on Lake Erie. Very cool, Travis Hartman from the Ohio DNR. Thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. I appreciate you having me, and uh, you know, get out here and enjoy it if you can. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.